In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Welcome one, welcome all to another In the Lab. Drew Doherty and that guy waving, my good pal, John Harris. John, I'm a little off today. I'm in a new setting. Last week I was outside because the family was going bananas. Now it's just me and my four-year-old, and he's watching Power Rangers in the other room. But because he's in there, and I don't have internet in the way back of my house, I've had to go into the playroom. So I'm in a new setup. I open up these things. There's toys in here for you to get bored. So, um, yeah. How are you doing, buddy? I love it. I love it, man. Uh, I, give you the, I give you the tour around my office, but I think you've seen it. Um, there's uh, Brown University 1993 football picture, uh, some books. But, yeah. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much the same. I, I, that you know, you probably hit on something, Drew. The changing of the Zoom location just to kind of spice things up, and you know, all those virtual backgrounds are all fantastic, I suppose. But uh, they yeah. get a little, a little stale and boring after a little while. So yeah, um, it's the damnest yeah, you- thing, man. Like the first month and a half of this pandemic, I operated out of my master bedroom and everything was fine, like mm-hmm. no problems whatsoever. Yep. I'm not joking. Draft weekend comes, and that Thursday, Friday of the draft, my internet just, you know, stopped working or was unreliable. So I have I've been having to do everything, kind of on the other part of my house now, and it's tough because, like, you got to keep the kids entertained or nothing's yeah. going to happen. You know, uh, so, exactly. Yeah, just sort of make it. It doesn't matter. The, it doesn't matter the age of the kids no. either. No. I mean, my my 20 year old might come rolling down here after a little while and go what's up dad what are you making me for breakfast like it, it it might happen i mean it might now they've i will say they are they over the years have been pretty well trained that if they know i'm on the air i just have to give them a look in right. some way they're like oh and then they take off so yeah. um they're, they're they're pretty good about that but uh but your crew my my worry is my two knucklehead dogs because my office is the yeah. closest one to the front door. And so if somebody comes to the front door, if there's lawnmower out back, if the pool guy shows up, I mean, any and all of that will just precipitate yep. about a dozen loud barks. I'm just telling you, I'm just house. telling you right now, it's going to happen because I'm, I'm in the office. It's by the front door as well. And I've got two wiener dogs and they, if, <laughs> if a gnat rustles in the, you know, yeah. whispers across the street they're going bananas so it's going to happen yeah. we'll just that's roll fine. with it that's uh, the way it goes a lot going on a lot of kind of interesting little tidbits going on in, in texans land right now tomorrow we're going to hear from defensive coordinator anthony weaver it's the first time he's spoken or will speak since he's been named defensive coordinator we've talked with him a bunch both on camera and off camera over the last few yeah. years great guy i know you're excited about what he's going to do i'm excited about what he's going to do very sharp very smart very clear communicator, but it's going to be fun to hear what he has to say tomorrow because he's got some new pieces to work with. He's got some new faces, and I can't wait to see what happens when this Texans defense actually takes the field in the autumn. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, you know, with Anthony Weaver taking over, and, and look, I, I've had this conversation on Sports Radio 610 probably, probably four or five times, you know, what do you expect? I mean, I think the thing with Weave to keep in mind is that he's got some of the Ryan brothers in his background, Rob and Rex. I think Rex, I think he, he coached with Rex and played for Rex uh, when Rex was with the Ravens. And then he has spent the last, what, three, four years, four or five years with Romeo Cornell. So, Who's still around, thank goodness. Yeah, 
Exactly. So I, I would imagine that Weave is going to take probably the best from all of those guys. And I think what I like about his experience is the fact that we look, we know Rex. Rex is the kind of guy that almost kind of like Bruce Arians on the defensive side, no risk it, no biscuit. You know, Rex will show you seven guys at the line of scrimmage and all seven are coming. <laughs> you know, whereas Romeo might show you seven and only three of them are coming. Uh, but then there's a fourth going to be come from, you, uh, from depth that you had no idea. And so there was, you know, some more simulated pressures with Romeo and there was more some just outright, we're bringing everybody sort of thing with Rex. And so I think with Weave being able to maybe find a happy median with both is going to be kind of interesting to see what he does. And, and the other aspect of it is, and I think people get caught up in this too much, but, you know, three, four versus four, three, I think those days are sort of out the window. Yeah. To be honest. yeah I don't you're, think you're going to see both. Reason. You're going to see both, but really more than anything, you're going to see nickel, you know, I mean, you'll see, yeah, exactly. you'll see aspects exactly. of both, but most of the time you're going to be in nickel anyways. Right. And, and with Romeo Cornell and, even with Rex, you know, with Rex, you'd get, you know, some of the bear looks, bear 46 looks that his dad created back when he was the defensive coordinator of the Bears. I think you'll see a little bit of, you'll see a little bit of everything. You'll see a base 4-3. You'll see a base 3-4. The thing is, with the players the Texans have, you have the opportunity to be able to do some of those things, mm -hmm. um, to play different fronts, to have the same 11 guys out on the field and show different things and play different things. But you're right, the, the majority of time, I know college football is in the NFL, but, but a lot of the college elements are moving up to the NFL, and they, nobody plays a straight-up 4-3. Nobody plays a straight-up 3-4. That's just not happening in college football. You, there are five defensive backs on the field, or there are four defensive backs and maybe a fifth guy that looks like a linebacker or plays like a linebacker but is really a safety. There are some that just put five cornerbacks out on the field um, because they know they got to match up with speed and they've got to match up all over the field. So you're seeing a lot of that sort of filter up, if you will. And if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, is there really any need to have seven front seven guys out on the field? Pro probably not, because how are you going to match up with Travis and Tyreek and Nico Hardman, uh, Sammy Watkins? How are you going to match up with all those guys? Yeah. Well, you're not going to do it with just four defensive backs on the field. So from that perspective, yeah, you're going to be playing a lot of nickel. Well, what if you play the Titans? Well, the nice thing about this defense and the nice thing about having Anthony Weaver put it together is – they're built in some sense to to take on different type of offensive schemes now the key obviously guys have to stay healthy and the one kingpin that has to stay healthy who is vital in all of this is jj watt because yeah. watt can play so many different spots up and down the line of scrimmage for whatever you're going to face and then when you don't have him it's almost like you're not just losing one player you are you're almost losing two maybe two and a half players because all the different things that he does, all the different spots that he can, he can play uh, on your defensive line. So uh, I'm curious to see what, what Weave has to say. And, you know, he'll flash that big smile on Zoom. And it's going to be good to see him. But I'm, I'm really excited. I'm happy for him. Uh, I think this has been uh, something that is funny. We talked about this a long time ago when, when Sean Pendergast and I would do radio with him. And we talked about what his ambitions were after, you know, after football and whether it would, you know, be – um, you know, coaching. And if it were, you know, you want to be a head coach. And he strikes me as a guy that one day could be a really, really good head coach. He's going to get his opportunity as defensive coordinator in 2020. No doubt. 
I got a good chance on Friday, late Friday afternoon, to talk with Jordan Akins, tight end for the Houston Texans. Yeah. He's doing well. He was he had just flown back from Orlando earlier that afternoon. He said he was on a Southwest flight with five other people. And huh. yeah. He's oh, been working out and he was he's been going through the virtual offseason program and that's what I want to kind of finish with here. But it's very interesting. He said it's been going well. Communication has been good. And he made the point to say that Deshaun Watson has been getting on the same page with all these new receivers as well as with the tight ends and so on and yep. so on. And it made me think, hey, Jordan, you've been a part in each of the last two seasons of two of these just most improvisational, unbelievable plays. The touchdown at San Diego when Watson was rolling right or scrambling mm -hmm. right and flicked it to – or rolling le scrambling left and flicked it to the right to Aikens and – he had all that green grass and scored. And then the year before in Philly with the, uh, the Houdini escape from like <laughs> yeah. four or five guys to get the first down. But I made the point, hey, yes, a lot of that is Deshaun Watson and his improvisational skills, but a lot of that's you guys being on the same page in April, in May, in June, July, and August too, right? And he was emphatic about that and how excellent – Watson has been in that regard, as well as his teammates. You know, it's, it's a locker room right now full of smart guys who prepare, who grind, who get after it. And it was, it was pretty fun to hear that reaffirmed because Aikens, like Darren Fells, he's a kind of worldly voice. He's been out in the world. He was, he's been a professional athlete in another sport for four years. Same thing with Fells. Fells played basketball. Aikens played baseball. But they've been around and they've seen some things and they know how a pro needs to operate. And it was just fascinating hearing him just matter-of-factly give that praise to Deshaun Watson. It's something that sort of reaffirms how great and how lucky we are to have four under center. You're dead on, Drew. One of the things I remember thinking about Jordan Akins, just when his name was called on draft night, just all the, the thoughts flooding into my mind. And one of the first ones was former professional baseball player, a little bit older, little bit more mature and those are the things that in a you know you know in a young player which he still is when you have a guy that has played professional sports that has dealt with the ups and the downs of baseball in particular I mean I mean you think about hitting a baseball and how difficult that has to be the best ones that fail is, seven times out of ten absolutely yeah. Um, and to have to deal with that and learn how to deal with that, that success and, like you said, lack, of, lack thereof, because 70% of the time, you're not successful, and that's if you're one of the great ones. Uh -huh. So I felt like that, being in a clubhouse, being around people of different you know, nationalities and you know, how you have to communicate. Now, obviously, baseball is much more an individual sport than football is, but I just always felt like that was going to be a great thing for him to have and that the Texans could leverage that. And I think this is one of those situations now where you look at it and go, man, thankfully you have two guys in that room that have been professionals of other sports that know how to take care of their bodies, to take care of their minds and make sure that everybody else is staying on track. Cause you're talking about Jordan Thomas, still young. I mean, he's going into his third year, but still a young dude, Kali wearing. And Aikens, by the way, Aikens, by the way, to, sorry to interrupt. Akins is very excited to see what Thomas does this year. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's very optimistic about what Thomas is up to for 2020 and beyond. So that could be something to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, there's, there's no question. To what, what I, I've, I've kind of had a uh, – I've kind of struggled the last probably 
couple weeks, especially with the schedule release coming out and just some of the, it's not really slander, but it's, I've seen a lot of people nationally talk about different offenses in the league. And look, I understand the proof is in the pudding, but when I look at this offense, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is not here anymore. Understood. But you brought in David Johnson, Randall Cobb, and Brandon Cooks, when healthy, have been very productive in those places. We still haven't seen what Kyle Waring did, and it can do. Um, and that's a guy that and, – and I go back to Travis Kelsey. What did Travis Kelsey do in his rookie year with the Chiefs? Boom. Zero. <laughs> Not a darn thing because he missed the entire season with an injury. He was in one game. He's hurt. That was it. Rest of the year, gone. So – to sit there and go, well, you know, wearing's this or wearing's that. First of all, we don't know. We can only go with what well, we have no idea. But if you're also going to count him out, did you count Kelsey out too? Because I know there were probably some that did, and he's turned into one of the best tight ends in the game. Now, I know we'd want something to happen sooner rather than later, but if he starts to develop, this is the year that that's going to happen. So I just feel like there are a lot more options readily available in this offense than national people understand or know. And a lot of that goes back to having number four under center because he can find them. But a guy like Jordan Akins, having that, that understanding of playing with Deshaun, like, okay, I know, okay, Deshaun can get out of this. Whereas the one thing I always see, and it's funny with that play against Philadelphia and then the play against the Chargers, the one thing that defenses do against Deshaun is – and I think Buffalo did this to a degree too, is you see a guy coming in for a sack and they relax, like, okay, play's over. And it's just for a split second. But our guys don't do that. Our guys know he might get out of this, start to go find an opportunity to get open. And that's what Aikens did against the Chargers. When yeah. he's getting hit from the one side, Aikens starts to see him get out of it. And the other Chargers are just kind of sitting there kind of staring like, all right, are we going to get the sack or not? And then when he bursts out of there, Akins is already moving to the other side of the field because that's just an open area. Just trusting that Deshaun's going to be able to see him. He does. It's a touchdown. Those are things that some of it you can work on. The Texans do work on that. I remember seeing them at the Greenbrier working at drill uh, in 2017, 2018 with, with Deshaun in particular. Then they did it with A.J. McCarron last year during training camp. Scramble drill. They will end up going left, right, wherever, and then you're having to work their – their routes back to the quarterback, around the quarterback, where the quarterback's going. They've worked on that as well. But I think having that synergy that – because you can't work on it now, having done it before, I think is going to be huge for these guys going forward. Uh, and we'll see what Jordan Aikens is able to do. But I think he's going to be a big piece in this offense for sure. I don't know if you heard, but uh, there was a oh, neighbor yeah. walking I... out of his car across the street. So my dog said <laughs> to let him know what's up. That's all right. Hey. Give him the what for. It's all yeah. right. You know, I've been asking, I've been doing these Drew's Dozens with a lot of ambassadors, a lot of players, and I'm going to end mm -hmm. with this. Uh, I've been asking a lot, of, a lot of them, what you've been binge watching during this time? Some folks, like Cecil Shorts, he has seven kids, hasn't had a chance to binge watch too much, <laughs> but um, have you gotten on any shows? You know, it's funny. I actually have not done the binge watching thing. Um, I, I stuck to my normal show, my normal shows and have stayed caught up with those. Better Call Saul being mm. uh, probably first and foremost of that. But I'll tell you something, Drew, that I've done. And I don't know how this has really happened, but it sort of just, I don't know, it just sort of happened. But I've, I, I said to my daughter one day when I saw her on her phone, I said, 
what are you, what are you watching? What are you doing? She goes, Oh, I'm just on YouTube. And I was like, well, you just watch, you know, just random videos on YouTube. She's like, no, no, not, not random, but like, you know, how YouTube is, it creates a, you know, it creates a list based on your preferences of things you like. And, you know, and so she just kind of rolls through there and picks and watches five, seven minutes. I actually, that's what I do. I very rarely will go, I have YouTube TV and I have Sling TV. And so those are my service providers, basically, from all my live and local, all that kind of stuff. I very rarely will put those on. I will go to YouTube and I look up college football game, um, look up NFL highlights. And so that's kind of where I've gone. And so where I was going with this is not really binge watching, but two of my favorite, I guess, if you want to say that, there's a guy called Sam the Cooking Guy uh, on YouTube, and he makes like food I would eat, like food everybody eats. It's not, you know, stuff you would get at a, you know, kind of a fancy frou-frou restaurant. He makes like cheesesteaks. You know, he made Wagyu beef uh, chicken fried steak the other day with bacon, sausage, cream gravy. And so I like watch these cooking videos. And the other one is Dude Perfect. I, there's something about Dude Perfect <laughs> with all those trick shots. And yeah. and I think they're funny. Uh, they went to A&M. So I don't, I, I think that that's kind of cool too. Um, but I, they're, they're just a really neat group and they do different kinds of videos. And so I just kind of been rolling through and they're, you know, seven, eight minute videos. And you just sit and watch and they do all kinds of battle battles and trick shots and it's just really neat. So those have been the two, not really binge watching a show, but just kind of watching those. I think it probably goes a little bit quicker, yeah. you know, kind of watching a few of those videos and having to sit down and kind of really pay attention to a series of a show. But uh, Better Call Saul season five was very, very good. And of course, I'm watching The Last Dance. I mean, who's, I mean, that's been, that's been phenomenal. The Michael Jordan, I'm gonna Chicago Bulls documentary. I'm going to wait till July and, and uh, when it comes on Netflix and just watch it then. So... Uh, speaking of Dude Perfect, good. I, like I amazed my kids because we were playing basketball in the driveway the other day and one yeah. of the balls went across the street. So I was in my neighbor's driveway across the street. Swish. It was awesome. They went bananas. <laughs> uh, I, I just finished last night the la- the second season. There's two seasons total of Succession on HBO. Oh, yeah. I heard that's good. That's a good show, man. That's yeah, a I heard that's really good. good show. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this In the Lab. We had dogs barking. I was in front of my child children's play area, their toys. What's in here? Let's see what's going on in here? Oh, yeah, some more sponsors. There's stuff, Panda so. in there. Talk with you again next time. It should be a lot of fun. John, have a good one, buddy. Appreciate it, brother.